Today's episode of the Ed Curation Podcast is sponsored by Learner's Edge. For over 15 years, Learner's Edge has been helping teachers advance their salaries and degrees with courses created by teachers for teachers. Right now, Learner's Edge is offering $65 off your first graduate-level continuing education course. Check out their undergraduate, graduate, and district training course offerings by searching Learner's Edge at edcuration.com. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. According to the most recent report from National Center for Education Statistics, 8% of teachers leave the profession yearly, and another 8% move to other schools, bringing the total annual turnover rate to 16%. They further reported that 50% of teachers leave the profession prior to retirement. Other studies have shown that teacher satisfaction levels had dropped 39% even prior to the pandemic. We're hearing a lot about teacher attrition and burnout. Today's guest believes that transformative coaching can make a huge impact on not only teacher retention, but teacher effectiveness and an overall improved learning environment. During her 10-year teaching career, Becca Silver taught extensively in Title I schools and internationally in Tanzania, Peru, and East Africa. She has also worked as an instructional coach, a life coach, and an executive coach. In her current endeavor as the founder and CEO of The Whole Educator, she offers training programs and customized one-on-one coaching work focused on fostering teacher buy-in, bridging knowledge gaps between leadership and staff, and increasing teacher effectiveness and retention. We were excited to hear from her about the practices that are making a difference for coaches, administrators, and the teachers they support. You share a story about a specific teacher that you were mm-hmm. working with, trying to help her achieve better outcomes. Mm-hmm. And you just, it just, she wasn't making the connections. Um, yeah. And then you kind of made a discovery. I did. <laughs> so can you talk about what it was that you discovered that helped her achieve the success that she was hoping for? Sure, sure. So let me just give you a little back- background on this teacher. She is a wonderful person to work with. She was from the beginning. She just like she wanted coaching. She was excited to work with me. I built a I built a really strong relationship with her. And every time I would go to her classroom, she was excited for me to be there and to show me what she was doing. And every time I'd give her coaching, she seemed like she understood it, right? We'd even practice it together. And then when I'd come back the next time, she wasn't doing any of the coaching that I'd given her. And she was making no progress over and over and over again throughout the school year. So we're coming up probably three quarters of the way through the school year. We still have this great relationship. And I'm like, why is she not making any progress, right? She wants to do it. She has the skills to do this. She's shown me, right, in private that like she can do these things. And um, I sat down with her and I was, I was like, you know what? She needs something different. 
than just instructional coaching. And I like to say I, 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 I stepped out of my lane. Right. And I use some some of my life coaching understanding of human beings. And so we looked at or dove into what was her mindset around herself and around teaching. Right. Because human beings are teaching children. Right. Not robots. So uh, we did we did like a little exercise and really got down to the nugget of her mindset. And her, her mindset was that she wasn't good enough. It was sabotaging her efforts to get better, right? So on top here, she she wants to get better. She wants, she is practicing with me and then she's not over and over again. So um, I did some work with her around that. And what was so interesting was she went home. I I think it was a Friday. She went home and then I saw her that next week and she's smiling. Her whole face looked different. And she said, I went home and I shared with my husband what we did together. And he, and then he saw the difference this weekend. He said, I've returned to the woman he first married, which I thought was so interesting. Wow. And, then, and then from then on, from then on, it was like she was a sponge from my coaching. She could hear and apply what I was giving her. I mean, that shouldn't surprise us because mm-hmm. we're not compartmentalized beings. Mm-hmm. We're holistic, you know, we're, we're not a dresser drawer with a lot of different drawers. We're a trunk with Mm -hmm. everything kind of mingled and mixed together. Mm -hmm. Um, but we feel like professional and personal need to be two separate things. Was it experiences like that, that really motivated you to found the whole educator? It's built on this premise, right? Yes, that exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Our, our tagline is mindsets and motivations matter. Mm, and I, I think that, that in, in the coaching world, there's quite a bit of research and pedagogy around andragogy technically, but no one uses that term. The, the adult oh. learning series called andragogy and not pedagogy. Pedagogy is <laughs> for children. I know. Uh, but I, I use it because it's like no one's heard of this term. Anyway. Well, they will now. I'm excited. <laughs> I just learned a new word. Andragogy. You know, there's a lot of andragogy in the co- instructional coaching world around coaching cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's research, right, Jim? Knight's done research. There's like big names out there that have said these are, you know, effective coaching cycles. I think that's great. I just don't think it's complete. Okay. And we, when, we, when we reduce coaching to a set of steps that you do over and over again, to a set of protocols and steps, we forget that human beings are behind both of those roles, coach and teacher. Yeah. Right? And we, there's no room in a, a protocol, right, for motivations. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what, what motivates you? What motivates you is different than what motivates me. And I, and I love finding out what motivates you, right? Because then I can help you on what motivates you. Because if I don't find that out, I'm going to treat you like I would want to be treated. And that's ineffective. We don't want to treat people the way we want to be treated. We want to treat people the way they want to be treated. That's good. Say that again. <laughs> we don't want to treat people the way that we want to be treated. We want to treat people the way they want to be treated. And that is true of kids. Mm-hmm. So a teacher who is in touch with this process and has this level of self-awareness and these practices in place mm-hmm. can then deliver it because yeah. they're regulated and they have a level of understanding. They can deliver that to the mm-hmm. students in their classroom. 
Yep, exactly. And the adults working with them really need to understand that the same beautiful practices that we do with children, we differentiate for children. Mm -hmm. We want to differentiate for the adults in our building as well. So I'm wondering, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but I'm just wondering if the lack of this level Mm-hmm. of looking at instruction and mm-hmm. the people who deliver it is part of what is causing the massive teacher burnout that we are seeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the pandemic, but let's just talk pre-pandemic. It was already mm-hmm. happening. Yes. When I work with uh, administrators, I, I caution them to, and, and coaches too, right? Just because you are offering support does not mean teachers feel supported. I felt like talking to Becca was like finding a treasure chest full of wisdom nuggets. Let's just listen to that one again. Just because you are offering support does not mean teachers feel supported. So, right, we want our teachers to feel acknowledged, appreciated, right, like professionals. Mm -hmm. And just because someone is giving the support does not mean someone feels it, right? We actually want to seek feedback on, do you feel supported? Do you feel appreciated? And what would make you yeah. help you to feel those things? Yeah, and right. It's and, and there's a duality here with training. There's the like, we want to ask people, absolutely. And sometimes people don't know. And that's where training comes in. We can actually be trained to figure that out. Say more. <laughs> it's it, it's it's really hidden in listening so so people's mindsets and motivations are interlaced with how people speak what they talk about how they talk about it when they don't say anything and when we're trained in listening and I'm not talking about like you know everyone hears words but we're all generally human beings are pretty terrible listeners and so and so if we can be trained to listen, we can actually hear what's important to people. So what does that training look like? And how was that part of your life coaching training? It was, it was uh, part of my life coaching training and then further training along the, uh, down the road. I've also done some executive coaching as well. And you know, one of my favorite kinds of listening is called reflective listening. And I, anyone listening, I highly recommend look it up. And I train people in it. And what you want to do when you're reflectively listening is you're actually like a mirror. And so when someone's speaking to you, you are mirroring back what you hear them say with saying without interjecting yourself. And it's really powerful. And it's, it's, it sounds like what I hear you saying is, right? And it's not an interpretation. You're actually sharing back what you hear them say. And so where is, where does the power come from? Is it just the validation of them knowing that they've been heard by having their, their words fed back to them? Mm -hmm. The power is someone feeling heard. Also, what's really interesting and what happens most of the time is when someone finally feels heard, which is pretty rare these days, they will do some form of what I call yes and. Yeah. And, and they'll keep going. And when they keep going, I'm like, they definitely feel hurt. Right. And in what's interesting is there's the experience of being listened to on the other end. Okay. And they're just like, it's a relief. It's like, you know, being seen sometimes for the first time in weeks. And then on the other end, the listener reflecting back, 
when I reflect back what you are saying, mm-hmm. I actually have an opportunity to hear between the words. Okay. So I would love to see an example of that somewhere. At the time of this interview, Becca was just preparing to launch these resources on her website. This training and accompanying resources are now available on her website and linked in the episode notes. Great stuff. This dimension of of not being allowed to be human sometimes in our profession, and it's not just teachers, right? It's everywhere. But, um, but in addition to that, you say teachers are feeling overwhelmed and undervalued. Teacher job satisfaction is at an all-time low, and the mm-hmm. need for effective teachers is at an all-time high. And you actually said that even pre-pandemic. Yes. yes. So what, besides that, can you break down for us some of the factors that you are seeing that are contributing mm-hmm. to this, specifically in the realm of education? Sure. So, you know, it's interesting. The pandemic didn't create this issue, right? Just like you're saying, it's it exacerbated it. One of the things is this, you know, we at the we have teachers go through a four-year program typically, right? And come into a classroom and really emphasize critical thinking, right? We want teachers to be critical thinkers. And a lot of times what happens in schools and school districts is that decisions are made, um, right? Initiatives are are decided up in a district level, and teachers are forced to implement programs that they never decided on, right? So there's this severe lack of autonomy that was happening before the pandemic, right? So we're asking teachers to become direct compliant direction followers uh, when we've hired critical thinkers that need to be engaged. That is a basic fundamental distinction that we wanna make, compliance versus engagement. I can't imagine that there's any teacher listening that isn't resonating like Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm vibrating in my chair right now. Yeah. And so, you know, when it stems off from that, we talk about like teachers don't feel like they're treated as professionals. Right. And I think it all stems from this behavior, right? We've, we've hired a certain kind of person and have not treated them like that. Speak to the educational leader, the coaches and the administrators, Mm -hmm. where do we start? How far back do we have to step? What, like, what is, what is step one? How do we get our blocks stacked in the right order here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think step, step, there's a couple steps that I, I always, first steps that I always encourage um, school coaches and leaders to take. The first one is not only acknowledging that your teachers are diverse learners, but actually learning how they're different and what their different needs are. Stop doing blanket things. And, and you know, I'm not anti-Jeans Day, but like Jeans Days are not support. We actually have to learn how to support teachers. And the first step is not Jeans Days and, and it's not uh, donuts <laughs> and it's not food trucks. And that's what a lot of the things. Uh, you see the expression on my face right yeah, now. I do. Right? I'm baffled. Yeah. I don't that even happened. see the connection between yeah, no. those. That was, that was what happened all last year during the pandemic. It was like food, food, popcorn cart. So we're, we're, we're supporting our teachers, right? Jeans days, jeans days. It was, that was, that's not support. No. That's not support. I mean, it's nice. I like it's nice. popcorn. It's not, it's not support. It's also, not. space. 
space. There was a lot of like, we just need to give them space. Also not support. That's giving someone space. That's not support. And so coaches and leaders, if you're not sure how to support teachers, right? You need, I want you to take the first step to learn their diverse needs, right? And to differentiate for them. Your teachers learn differently. They need different kinds of support. Some of your teachers want some thought partnership and want to co-plan with you. Some of your teachers want you to give them the new resource and give them all the autonomy in the world. Some of your teachers want a relationship with you. Mm. Give teachers who might be listening some language because you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. sometimes you ask people, what do they need and what is support to them and, and Mm -hmm. what it, how, what would help them feel heard? Mm -hmm. And they don't know. They don't know. And they might be so disconnected from Mm -hmm. themselves in that way that Mm -hmm. they can't answer the question. Mm -hmm. And what tends to happen, and I know this because I worked in professional development and I, and, and was an instructional coach that it can very easily devolve into a symphony of complaints, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that's wrong and which is also not helpful, but mm-hmm. that nobody wants to be a complainer. They just don't have language for what they need. Mm-hmm. How do yeah. we give them that? Yeah. Oh gosh. How do we help give teachers language for, <laughs> for identifying uh, the very thing that they don't have language for in the moment? I would say uh, saying, I don't know what I need. Do you have a menu of choices that I can pick from? Yeah, I like that. Talk about what's on the menu. So what kind of things are going to go on that menu that this administrator is going to put together? Yeah, I mean, it could be way, you know, ways to support teachers, right? Co-planning, co-teaching, um, to be heard, mm-hmm. to observe another teacher, some engagement strategies. Do you want feedback? And you mentioned also, which is something that we've seen a lot, and part of the reason why we founded Ed Curation was that they want a voice. They want a voice in their resources. They want a voice in their schedules. They want a voice in how they conduct things in their classroom. And something I would I would share with teachers dealing with their own burnout, and this will turn a teacher 180 degrees in a conversation. And this is why I really believe coaching can make the difference with burning out. I had a, a teacher last week show up to a coaching session and it was on a Tuesday and she said, it's been a long week and then cried. She, you know, kind of didn't know what to do. Right. And I said, look, what is important to you every day you come into school? What is the one thing that's important to you? And then she told me it was you know something like that. The children learn the skills to live happy, successful lives. Right. I said, write it down on a post-it. And I said, all this other stuff that you, I mean, she rattled on and on about the this happened to the parents and then, uh, right? There's all this other peripheral stuff. At the end of the day, I want you to look at that post-it and throughout the day, and I want you to ask yourself, are you doing that? Mm-hmm. That is the thing you stay focused on. That's your North Star. Mm-hmm. And, and there's going to be other stuff that comes and you may be okay at doing all that other stuff. But the thing that you ask yourself at the end of the day, did I do, you know, did I do it well? Did I do that well? I do that thing on that post-it note well. Mm-hmm. And I want you to just stay focused on that. She emailed me the next morning. I've already looked at the post-it three times. Mm. You know, and it just, she she actually, after she really got that, she chuckled. She went from crying to chuckling. I mean, it's so true because staying focused on our why, we all need that. We get so disconnected from our why because we have so many tasks. And a lot of those tasks aren't 
directly correlated to our why. I mean, ultimately they are, but they don't seem like they are. And some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my, my, a lot of my burning out teachers, they have a, a, a they have perfectionism. Mm. And so um, that is, that is one big cause of burnout that really great teachers don't think they're do- doing a good enough job. People with perfectionism want to know, am I doing this right? Yeah. And letting yourself off that hook can be so, so hard. If you're needing to remind yourself of your why or get re-inspired, build more content knowledge or gain new skills to manage the ever-changing demands in the classroom, today's sponsor makes ongoing high-quality professional learning easy, flexible, affordable, and fun. Learner's Edge is proud to sponsor this episode of the Ed Curation Podcast. At Learner's Edge, we are working hard to take some of the challenges out of teaching while giving you new opportunities to learn and grow. Join over 130,000 teachers who have trusted Learner's Edge to meet their continuing education needs for license renewal, salary advancement, and professional growth. Look for Learner's Edge at edcuration.com. And now, back to Becca Silver. So, um, you talked about the effectiveness of coaching. (laughs) And hopefully, I mean, more and more districts have instructional coaching models in place. Mm -hmm. There's still some that don't. Mm -hmm. Um, We'd like to invite them to get on the bandwagon. Um, (laughs) But they are, they can be highly instrumental in helping teachers improve instruction and also to address the burnout issue. But oftentimes, instructional coaches move into those positions and they were a teacher and they didn't receive any any training or any special qualification or anything to become an instructional coach without that formal training. Can you paint a picture for us of what at its bare bones does an effective instructional coaching cycle look like and sound like? So that's really great, right? I don't, I don't recreate the wheel. I don't, I, I'm like, look, Jim Knight is, is a researcher. <laughs> he has yeah. done decades of research. In this. I'm not going to like go invent something that he's already done tons of research on. I think his impact cycle is great where it's like observation, feedback, follow-up, right? And you're, you're going, you know, you're, you're kind of having that cycle. What I actually add to that is um, I have the suss it out model and S-U-S-S is an acronym and it stands for situation. What's the situation here? What's the context for me actually working with this teacher? I think it's really important because it varies. Sometimes it's like, because my principal told me to, right? Um, Is this this building on a a strong teacher? Is this a fix it situation, right? Like what's the situation? And then we go into what are the undesirable behaviors? And when... what I really, really, and when, when I'm training coaches, this is like further down the line. So they've gotten training in separating out what is actual observation versus my interpretation. Okay. And that can really impact a coaching relationship when I'm coaching you on my interpretation mm-hmm. and not my observation. So naming out what are those undesirable behaviors that are observed? Okay not my opinion. Right. And then, uh, and then looking at kind of doing the work to figure out what, what is causing those undesirable behaviors? Is it a, is it a a skill issue? 
Is it a knowledge issue or a mindset issue? And are we talking about the undesirable behaviors of the teacher or the students? Of the teacher. Of the teacher. Mm -hmm. There's almost a presumption then that that this coaching cycle has been initiated by an administrator Mm -hmm. because there was a problem. Yeah, there's, right, where we're growing. It's actually not the assumption at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, hey, like a, a teacher could initiate and say, hey, I want some feedback. Okay, so the teacher could initiate it. There's no, yeah. it's not just assume that you've been sent in as an enforcer. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yes, to yes. clean up a mess. Yes. Well, okay. isn't it interesting that it, I don't know if it sounded like that when I was talking, but I think we naturally go there. Well, I just I've seen that model in place in some districts, many districts. Yeah, and so yeah. it's no wonder that teachers can sometimes be resistant because they it feels almost like punishment or that they've been called out for some reason. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an opportunity. Operating with the growth mindset is you want feedback because it helps you grow. Right. Operating with a fixed mindset, when you get critical feedback, you get defensive. What I want to recommend is that whatever coaching cycle you use that's research based, use it starting with um, what's what's the context for me going mm-hmm. in right? What's the situation? What are the undesirable behaviors as my observation, not my interpretation? Mm -hmm. You want to figure out what does this teacher need to get better, to shift those undesirable behaviors, okay? What we typically do in schools is we just lop on more training. We think they just need more knowledge. If they're not doing it, they just need more knowledge. So I'll have you read a book or I'll have you watch a video, right? Or I'll, I'll tell you how to plan it a certain way. So when I actually say there's three buckets we need to look at, are they actually missing knowledge? And that's content knowledge. Did they not know about the American yeah, Revolution? Yeah. <laughs> or are they missing skills? Do they not know how to do it? Mm-hmm. Or most of the time, it's a mindset issue. Okay. All right. Like, are they, are they, they need some kind of belief system, some way of thinking about teaching, some way they're thinking about themselves, all mindset. Or the way they're thinking about their students. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So give us the acronym again. SUSS. S-U-S-S. And it stands for situation, undesirable behavior. And then the the next S is strategies already implemented. What strategies have we already tried with this teacher? And then, and then skills, knowledge, and mindset, what foundational needs today. Okay. Got it. All right. So Mm -hmm. in addition to the coaching cycle, I want to ask you about, you talk about transformative learning strategies. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going for, right? In the coaching cycle, that's where we want to get to. What, what are those? What does that even mean? Yes. Thank you for asking. So, and this, when I'm talking about this, this is actually transformational coaching with coach to teacher specifically. I coach with transformative coaching to my coaches. They experience it first and then they learn strategies to work with their teachers. And what transformative coaching basically is, the outcome is that coaches can help teachers see from different perspectives and they can see how they make things mean different things. And what I mean by that is we as human beings interpret our entire world, our entire world's interpreted. And a good coach can help a teacher see their interpretation. 
And when you can be the observer, oh, I, uh, I interpreted it this way. Oh, that's just an interpretation. It doesn't have to be this way. You can start to see different solutions to problems, different possibilities where you couldn't see that before. So I'm dying to know. So you, you're meeting with this teacher, right? Because this applies to all of life. And I'm going to try to, and I'm honestly going to use it on my teenagers as soon as you help me understand. Um, so you see this teacher and they're, and they're stuck in an interpretation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they, and they believe it. They believe that this is the reality. How, what are the steps to breaking a person out of their, their stuck place? So one of the things that, one of the exercises I like to do with coaches mm-hmm. I love to have people list out their complaints to complain about something, right? Give me your complaint, right? And let's actually separate out what are the facts and what are the interpretations? Mm. And it's really powerful when you can start to really take a look at, oh, these two separate things are happening, not one, which we typically call the truth. Oh, it's the truth. Huh. How do they start to see, is it just that you're able to point out the language? So somebody says, you know, so-and-so doesn't support me or doesn't like me. And that's their interpretation, mm-hmm. right? My, my administrator mm-hmm. doesn't like me. Um, yes. That's an interpretation. So how do you get them to weed that out? I say facts are who, what, where, when. Okay. Yeah. That's it. And, and, and complaints, it's very interesting. People that are listening, I recommend pausing it now, write down a complaint, come back to this, because what people find out is I'll say, all right, circle all the facts, who, what, where, mm-hmm. when, and what's left is interpretation. Our complaints are complaints because of the way we interpret yeah. it, not because of the facts. That's good. So effective. Say more about the transformative learning strategies. So I actually want to, I want to share, um, I feel like I'm talking about it. I want to share some yes, outcomes. That love that. I had one, um, one coach, um, she discovered, she had all these complaints about the teachers she worked with and that they weren't doing a job and they didn't care about the kids. And there was a lot of chaotic behaviors in the school. When she went through my complaints module and did all the work that we did together, she went home and immediately got a burst of energy. And she continued to have more every day because what complaints do to us is it saps our energy. We think we're tired because we just, it's the circumstances. We're not tired because of our circumstances most of the time. We're tired because of our perceptions about the circumstances. Seriously, people, I feel like I'm in church right now. Did you catch that? We're tired because of our perceptions about the circumstances. So she discovered and kind of got relieved of these complaints and lost 50 pounds because, and it sounds kind of insane, right? Like here she's in a coaching course and she's lost 50 pounds. She started meditating every day and she started exercising every day because she had the energy because she wasn't dealing with her complaints anymore. She was empowered around That doesn't surprise me at all. I feel like when we get rid of emotional burdens, Mm -hmm. it's reflected in our physical being. 
Oh, it is. It is. I mean, I'm thinking, I just think about the teacher that was crying and then giggling 30 minutes later, right? It's just our face looks different. We, we, can, we can do more things. And I want to say this about re- reframing. I just mentioned she was able to reframe it. Um, reframing is not toxic positivity. And this distinction really hit some people in the heart. Toxic positivity is, it is what it yeah. is. This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Right. We just have to hang in there. It's all good. That's all good. All, yeah, it's, it's all good. I often get from teachers, they'll, they'll come uh, to a coaching conversation with me and they'll rattle on. I say, how are you? You know, this, the, all these crazy things happen, but it's okay. I'll end it with, but it's okay. We'll be okay. Yeah. And then my response is it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such an important distinction. And it's also a fine line. It feels different. How does it feel in your body? You feel like you just ignored something that's really important to you? Mm. Or do you feel like a weight has been lifted? And then my next thing that I do is I reflective listen to them. What I heard you say was. Oh, yeah. You're asking you to stay late every day. The parents are calling you because the their students' grades. The, you know, at home, you're really struggling because your teenage boys are giving you a hard time. And you just put your dog down. Mm. And then they probably start to cry Mm -hmm. because they've been seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you is we're asking these coaches and educational leaders to address this issue of teacher burnout when they themselves, to be fair, are also experiencing that same level of burnout. Who who sees them? (laughs) One thing that I always like to encourage administrative teams is to see each Mm -hmm. other help of uplift each other. Um, again, not with toxic positivity, but to learn the skills of supporting each other. There's also professional help out there. I know um, a, a, a life coach that specifically only works with principals, but I think helping each other is really helpful. Yeah. So tell us a story. You've told us a couple already. You've shared a few success stories. Do you have any other favorites? I do, I do. <laughs> Gosh, one of the oh, one of my favorite coaches that I worked with. She's highly enthusiastic. So March 2020 happened, right? Everyone kind of like was just hanging in there, <laughs> um, and then she started becoming a coach, and and we started the school year virtual, and then went into the school building. So she had to learn how to build relationships with adults virtually, and they're all kind of freaking out. <laughs> so. She really struggled to get teachers to uh, accept her help, to, to talk to her in general. And she was a technology coach. She was vital to supporting them. She had this one teacher that really, she knew needed her help and he was super resistant. And she would head to his, his class, when they went back and forth, she'd, she'd, she'd head to his classroom and he wouldn't come out of his classroom and see her turn around and go back in. So she went through my course, my six-week course, and she learned these transformational coaching skills and she used them with him. Her first step was getting him to agree to meet with her. And all she did was build a relationship with him. That was the only thing she did with relationship building skills, right? And then he started showing up to her door. So she would come in in the morning and he was waiting for her. And that is one of my favorite stories that and it's happened multiple times with multiple coaches that teachers that were previously running away from them were showing up at their door 
Yeah. So they get a taste. They get a Mm -hmm. taste. I want you to talk to two different people. First of all, the teacher who's listening and saying, I don't have this kind of coach or maybe even a coach, but I know that I, you know, I want to transition, make some changes in my classroom. I feel like I'm burned out or on the edge of burnout. What can I do? Just me all by myself. What shift can I make? A teacher that's burning out specifically, I really recommend what I said earlier, right? Don't really sit and get quiet and get quiet. Don't do this in the middle of a busy day and, and really ask yourself, what's the number one, one or two most important things for you that have you coming into school? Write it on a post-it and as often as you can't put them, you know, put on your microwave, put on your bathroom mirror, definitely put it like on your school computer somewhere behind your desk. And when you're feeling overwhelmed and burned out, go back to that post and ask yourself, am I doing this? Okay. Okay. And just, and give up the, um, the idea that you have to get everything right because you don't. Yeah. Okay. So narrow your focus. The second person I want you to speak to is the teacher listening who has maybe been thinking about moving into a coaching role, doesn't have the training necessarily, but is listening and something has awakened within them. And they're thinking, I want to do this kind of work. I want to support other teachers in this way. What resources do you have available to them? Where can they find you? Where can they sign up? What can they do? So I have a six week program that is it's it's a module a week, an hour and a half. And uh, it is totally transformative. Like I said, someone lost 50 pounds. People's marriages get better. They get closer with their children. Um, Contact me. Find me at my um, my website, uh, www.thewholeeducator.com. And I am uh, also on Instagram at the whole educator. Um, find me, message me on any um, platform that you can find me on. And I'm happy to talk with you more about what the program looks like. That's what I recommend. Transformative learning is not um, download a 20 minute video and you got it. It's not a quick fix. It's not quick in general. It is an investment and it makes the difference, in my opinion, from a teacher that um, is going to burn out and not. And I'm assuming that same instruction applies for an administrator thinking I need to get this training for my staff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I do. Mainly what I do is school and district cohorts. So I'll go in and what's cool is I can customize to what districts need. We all know districts are wildly different and have different needs. So it helps me help them because I one of my philosophies is we want to differentiate and meet people's needs. And districts have varying needs as well as yeah. teachers. All right. So Becca, one last question. What is keeping you hopeful? More, more teachers are staying than leaving. We have a real opportunity here to grow from adversity. Yeah. Right. We, we're kind of putting a pressure cooker right now. And we have an opportunity to emerge stronger and uh, progress farther than ever before. If you're looking for support and training for coaches or administrators, you'll find all of Becca's links in the episode notes, and you'll also find the whole educator at edcuration.com. If you're looking for solid ways to support teachers with high quality training, increased content knowledge and skill building, you can't beat the courses offered by today's sponsor, 
Learner's Edge. Kimberly, an educator for over 20 years, said, Learner's Edge has great courses. I learned so much. Workload was perfect and the instructor was great. They helped me create new tools that I can readily use in the classroom or online learning as well. Learner's Edge courses are fully accredited and you can even work toward and earn a higher degree. Find Learner's Edge at edcuration.com to access the catalog of professional learning courses available. While you're there, check out our other professional learning explorations and our Certified Ed Trustee program. You can also find all of our other podcast episodes to hear about important topics and resources from educators just like you. And if you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll share it. Leave us a rating and a review and join us next week on the Ed Curation Podcast, where we're reshaping learning. Mm -hmm.